If you want to open your Bibles to the book of 1 Peter, we're continuing our series, uh, Living Differently in Difficult Days, and uh, we are going to continue where we left off last week uh, in 1 Peter chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. If you don't have a Bible and you would like one, there should be one in the chair racks in front of you. And on that Bible, it's on page 851, 851. So if you haven't been following with us, I would encourage you to go online and uh, continue listening uh, to the sermons that we've been uh, sharing with you. Uh, we're going to pick up right where we left off, and uh, we're really going to kind of piggyback off that, continue with Peter's argument in there uh, on how we too are to live out who we are. And Pastor Glenn did a wonderful job walking us through what Peter had to say about those of us who are believers, that we are, um, are standing before the Lord before we get there, our passage this morning is going to uh, touch on maybe a topic that may be difficult for some, especially in the culture in which we live. In our passage, Peter is going to talk about submission. <clears throat> now, we probably hear that word. You may be thinking all kinds of different things. Uh, we live in a culture where uh, submission isn't uh, quite as popular as maybe it should be. Uh, submission is uh, kind of a term uh, that signifies weakness. Um, it goes countercultural to the individualism that we have uh, in, in the area in which we live. And so God is going to address that with us. And Peter is going to address this continuing through his letter. This is the first time that he talks about this. And he will six more times as we go through. And so uh, I pray that as we, we study this and we look to what God says, that he will um, allow his word to do its work in our lives. So let me pray as we begin our study, and then we will dive right in. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it's alive and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, and you use it uh, to transform how we think and in turn how we live. Uh, Lord, it's perfect. It is flawless. It is sufficient, allowing it to talk about everything that we as believers and as human beings need to live a godly life. So I pray as we come to it, as John prayed, that we would come humbly, that we would become willing to submit to what you have for us today. Thank you that you've given it to us so that we know how to live, especially in the difficult days in which we do that. Thank you for it, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, we're gonna pick up in verse 11 and continue to the rest of the chapter next week, but we're going to read to verse 17, so follow along with me as we do that. 1 Peter 2, 11 through 17. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners in exile to abstain from sinful desires which waited war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. 
Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. So that's our text for this morning. And I pray that as we work through it, that God would really use it in our lives. But we are piggybacking off of where we left over before. And we've, Glenn, Pastor Glenn shared with us that what we do flows out of who we are. So our actions are directly tied to our identity. And if we look back, uh, just a couple of verses in verses 9 uh, through 10, uh, verses 9 says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And then he goes in and talks, uh, continues out. And so verses uh, 11 and 12 kind of is this overarching umbrella of, of how we are to think. And Peter's going to go through and talk about how what we do in our various contexts of life flows out of who we are. So this is kind of like the frame, or I want you to think of it as the, the cover of the umbrella that everything else is following along, and Peter is going to pull from that. But he says, dear friends, and he gives us a positive and a, and a negative example. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world. He, he's urging, it's this strong desire, he's pleading, and he's pleading out of a love and a respect for the fellow believers. It's like, I urge you. And he calls them foreigners and exiles. He, he reminds them that they are not where they ought to be, but they're exactly where God has them. As foreigners and exiles. And then he says two things. To abstain from sinful desires. Abstain from sinful passions. Maybe you're... Translations would say, what do we need to do as flowing out of who we are, God's chosen people? We are to abstain from sinful passions, to avoid contact with or the use of something, to keep away. You know, when you say, I've abstained from voting, you're, you're not doing it. You're not participating in. And so he's saying, abstain from those sinful passions. And more specifically, you talk about this generally as all kinds of sinful passions, and we know what those things are. Those things the Bible tells us that are sinful and, and the things that we know within our souls that we shouldn't be doing. More specifically, in, in chapter 2, verse 1, he's, he's referring back a little bit to rid yourself of all kinds of malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. And if we go back a little bit further to chapter 1, verses 14, he encourages them again as obedient children, as, as who they are, as obediently God's children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. So he's saying there's a contrast here. He's like, abstain from that. And that follows the idea of them being foreigners and exiles. We're not necessarily foreigners in exile right now. But we are, in a sense, foreigners and exiles because we are made for heaven. Those of us who are believers, this place is not our home we're just a passing through, right? Right? It's a stop in the journey. 
Ultimately, we will end up with Jesus in heaven. And so, in a sense, we are strangers and exiles. We are Christians who are ultimately, uh, our citizenship is in heaven, as Paul would say. We are residing temporarily here on earth. And what he's saying is don't, uh, don't get involved with the, the sinful passions that the world or the people who are not involved with the Lord are involved with. And then he said, he talks about what these sinful passions are. He's saying abstain from them, but he says, which wage war against your soul. These sinful desires literally take up arms. They are battling, not for your body, not for your actions, but for your soul. The immaterial part of who we are. And, and there are enemies. They want to take us down. They want to destroy us. And so he's saying abstain from them. He's not just saying, or maybe in other places, put off. But he's also saying, put on. Or, verse 12, live such good lives among the pagans or among unbelievers. So we're not to do that, not to live their way of life or those sinful desires. But live such good lives among the the pagans. And I'm going to jump a little bit to the end of the verse. That they may see your good deeds. And glorify God on the day he visits us. And as we're doing that, as we're abstaining from sinful desires of our, of our flesh or of our former nature and, and in the world in which we live, they're, they're going to accuse us of doing wrong, right? They are going to say what we're doing, the evil that we're doing is right. They're going to call evil good and good evil. And so even though they accuse you of doing wrong in, in their perspective of in their mindset, the goal is that we live in such good lives among them because we're foreigners and exiles that they would see our good deeds and ultimately glorify God. The goal is God's glory first and foremost. And in living in as strangers and exiles in a, a hostile world, Uh, that is looking around at how we act, how we act differently, the goal is that they would see our good deeds and glorify God. It's very similar to what Jesus says in Matthew, that let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works or good deeds and glorify God. So we're not just abstaining from sinful passions because they war against our souls, but we're doing that in such a way that they will see that we're different and that they will praise the Lord, our God. It's, uh, I was thinking through this, uh, if it's like when you go to a foreign country, right? You're going to a foreign country. I've been to, to Ireland and, and Germany a couple times, and I'm one of those guys that don't want to be labeled as the loud, obnoxious American. I don't know why they have that label. I don't, can't think of why they would think that. And so when I was going in Germany, I wanted to blend in. I wanted to live as the locals do. I wanted to do what they do, eat the food that they drank, uh, ate the food that they drank, hmm, (laughs) ate the food that they ate, right, and um, was among their culture uh, because I didn't want them to know where I was from. I didn't want them to associate me uh, with where I was from because I just wanted to, to blend in. I didn't want them to see who I was. And that's a negative example of what Paul wants us, or Peter wants us to do. 
we're going to stand out as we live differently. As we abstain from these desires, we're going to stand out. And we may take some heat for it. But we do that so that we can honor God out of flowing out of who we are and that ultimately that he may be glorified and they may see our good works and glorify him as well. So I want to go back to uh, who we are determines what we do. And I, I put, uh, tried to visualize this for us, if you can see on the screen. Who we are determines what we do. It's our identity. It's what we talked about last week. And who we are is what we talked about in verses 9. A chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And what we are to do is to abstain and to, well, declare his praise as one, yes, and then to abstain from sinful desires and live godly lives. And one of the ways that we do that as we live as foreigners and exiles. And then so that's kind of the frame of the next section of what Peter's going to be talking about. And today we're just going to be talking about submitting to governing authorities. Then we'll talk about submitting in our workplace and then submission in the family. And so I want to transition to how, think of it as like a funnel. It's getting bigger and we're going to kind of focus in on what does living differently, what does um, living lives and abstaining from sinful desires look like in the various social contexts that we live as believers because we do live in a world that is watching us. And so how can we do that to the glory of of God. So he says, submit. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether the emperor as the supreme authority or governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves, show proper respect to everyone, love the family of believers, fear God, and honor the emperor. As we abstain from sinful desires and live godly lives, how we do that is we submit to every human authority. Every human authority. He can see whether it's the emperor as the supreme authority, it would be Emperor uh, Nero in, in Peter's audience, or to his various governors like uh, Pontius Pilate and Felix, who, who reigned in his stead. And they are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and commend those who do right. And this is where the difficulty comes in, I think. And this is where I think as, as believers and uh, as the church that we could use some encouragement on how we submit to our governing authorities. And as we're thinking about this, your mind is probably going in all different directions. But, 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 but. I know when I was thinking through this, like, I had all these reasons why I didn't need to submit to every human authority. But if anybody had reason not to submit to even authority, it would be Paul's original audience. Nero, I don't know if you know anything about Nero, but he wasn't a top-notch ruler. He, he was considered a tyrant in, in the human standards. Um, he was a guy who was uh, watching a documentary on, um, on Rome, and they were talking about, uh, uh, talking about him, and uh, there was a huge fire, and, and Rome pretty much was burned, you can, the great fire of Rome. And he was, he was reported to be sitting on his balcony, um, eating grapes and watching the festivities. 
as his people are in his city is being burned. And they don't know why or who started it. Some people claim that he, he put that on the Christians to, um, to persecute them. But you know what happened after the rubble and everything was cleared away? Nero had some, some real estate that he was able to, to build a, a nice big statue of, of himself. What a guy. What a guy. Right? Build a big statue. Build, build Colosseum. Build a palace. They're finding the ruins of that still today. It's also reported that he would take Christians and dip them in oil and put them to light his gardens. Not, not a good guy. Not a good guy. It's actually under Nero that church history thinks that Peter ultimately was, was killed by. And so if, if anyone had the reason to, if Peter had an option to, to caveat this, I think this would have been the place. But he didn't. He said, submit to every human authority. So how can we submit to authorities, one who are just out there, tyrannical, or maybe how do we submit to authorities that maybe we don't necessarily agree with? Maybe that we don't necessarily even vote for. How do we do that? It's tough, isn't it? Am I the only one that's like, oh man, how do we do that? How do we submit to And how do we maybe uh, abstain from gossip or slander about them or uh, uh, not obeying them? How do we do that? Well, the Bible gives us an answer. And it's found right after we submit ourselves. There's a little caveat there. For the Lord's sake. For the Lord's sake. We submit ourselves to every human authority for the Lord's sake. That's we, we submit out of reverence to the Lord. Because who put those people there? Who put them there? Maybe you can say a vote did or the people, but ultimately in God's sovereignty and his providence of working all things out, he allowed Nero to be the emperor at that time. Just like he's allowed President Biden to be our president at this time and our governors at this time. So one of the ways that we can submit ourselves to every human authority is knowing that we're doing it for the Lord's sake because the Lord has placed them there. And he talks about whether the emperor or the supreme authority or governors who are sent to punish those who do right and commend wrong, that's what they're supposed to do, but sometimes they don't always do that. But regardless, we're called to submit for the Lord's sake. This is this is difficult. This is difficult especially when we will encounter more and more persecution and when um, men will call good what is evil. But by knowing and, and, and realizing that they were put there by God and that we submit ourselves to them for his sake helps us. It helps us. Because there is one who is more powerful and more wise and more sovereign than we are and it's the Lord. So we submit to them 
out of the Lord's sake. But then gives, Peter gives us more details on, on how we are to do that or, or, or how we can do that. Let's keep reading. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorance talk of foolish people. So when we submit to every human authority, we're obeying God's will. Sometimes I'm always like, you know, I wish God would just write something down to tell me what I need to be doing. I just wish that he would write me a letter that says, Scott, this is what I want you to do, and just list it out. Well, he didn't write me a letter. He wrote me a book, um, the Bible, right? And it's, it's full of all kinds of things that he wants me to do. And one of those things is like, okay, what's the will of God for my life? Here it is. For it is God's will that by doing good, by living our good lives among the Gentiles, by abstaining from sinful passions, by submitting to the government, that we should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. When we don't do this, when we slander or when we post things or when we um, uh, stick our, our fists up in the air and say, I'm not doing that, that's not my authority. The unbelieving world talks. And there is a lot of discussion on the evangelical church on this topic. Because they're, they're seeing us. They're seeing what Christians are called to do and what they're supposed to be doing. And when we don't always do that, they, they talk. But God's saying that though it's his will that when we do those good things when we submit ourselves, when we put away those sinful desires, what actually happens is that we silence their ignorant talk. That we really take the words out of their mouths. It's, it's as if, you know, if they have anything bad to say about us, it's that we're doing good. <laughs> like, hey, you know, those Christians, man, they just submit to the governing authorities. They, they just do good. They just are the nicest people. You know what? Those Christians, I'm telling you what, they came over and mowed my lawn. They came over and did And so when, when they have that temptation to talk about us, they're put to silence. Well, that's not really what they do. They don't riot. They don't abstain. They don't riot and rally and, and defy the government, they, they submit. And so God in his will is, is really showing them what truth is, what we are to be. And then he goes and he gives us another helpful way that we can submit to the government is by living as free people. Living as free people. Do not Use your freedom to cover up for evil. I'm a Christian, so I don't need to do that. I don't need to submit. But apparently, they were struggling with kind of copping out and using the Christian identity to cover up. Well, you know what? I didn't vote for him, so I can slander. I didn't vote for him, so... I can tell everybody how bad of a person he is because I know firsthand actually what he's doing. I can tell people that, you know, he doesn't have 
you know, anything between his ears because I know that. And and we find ourselves, because we're so passionate, we find ourselves justifying unrighteous behavior. But we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to submit. We're supposed to abstain from that foolish talk, abstain from the hypocrisy. And it's interesting here because he, he talks, live as free people is, is the first part. And then he goes to the end, live as God's slaves. And sometimes I think we forget that even though we're free from sin, we're free from uh, having to choose sinful desires, that that makes us free to live how we want and when we want. Christ died for my freedom, so no one is going to tell me what to do. And I find myself like, hey, you know, I'm a Christian. I, I'm free, for, free to Christ. There's freedom in, in, in the Spirit. But really what he's saying is we're free from those sinful desires. We no longer have to give in to those. We can, we can choose differently. But then he says live as God's slaves. Because when we're really free from sin, that frees us to be who we are, which is God's slaves. We have to submit to him. We're not free in the sense that we can do what we want. We're free in the sense and commanded to do what God wants. We're as God's slaves. And this word is not your typical uh, of slave. It's, it's, it's doulos, the, what they refer to, slaves who, who have been freed, but then have said, hey, I want to continue to be your slave. I want to continue to have you be my master. Because you, your, your being under you is so great I'm going to actually use my freedom to become your slave. And that's what Christ has done for us. He's given us the freedom and then made us God's slaves. And so we really then can submit to God, but submit to the authorities that he's placed over us. That we could submit to doing his will that we could submit to living good lives, that we could submit to abstaining from all kinds of evil that wage war against our souls. And then he finishes up kind of a succinct statement of, hey, I'm just going to give it all here in, in a bullet point, in a nutshell of boom, 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 boom. And this is what he says. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the emperor as like a summary of what he was been talking about. Show proper respect to everyone. That's showing honor to whom honor is due. Respect for everyone. And as everybody is created in God's image, they have value. They reflect God's image. That they have a value that is respectable. They have a, there's a sanctity of life. That they are fellow human beings created in God's image. And so we can respect everyone. We can show them honor to everyone. And he says, love the family of believers. So he's, again, he's making some distinctions. Loving the family of believers. He doesn't say, so we add on to that, everyone is including believers and unbelievers. Then we add on to that, believers, the family of God, that we are to love them. Not just honor them, but to love them. This is the, the brother family, family type of love because we are a family. Some of your translations say uh, a family of God, a family of believers. And then he says, fear God. Now Jake is doing a huge study on what it means to fear the Lord. This isn't like a, a shaking and trembling, 
This is a, an awe and a respect and a reverence. And I was thinking about this in terms of submitting, right? It's a whole lot easier to submit to someone that you have respect for, that you're in awe of them. I'm like, man, who, who am I in awe of? It's like, well, I'm not really a sports junkie, so I don't really know any sports people, um, but uh, I, I am a foodie. In case you haven't known, you know, I've been working on that, trying to, trying to hide it. Um, so it'd be like, uh, one of my favorite chefs is Emeril Lagasse. Bam, bam, bam. Right? And so when my parents, when I was stuck at home because I, didn't, I couldn't drive and my parents were out working, um, I would watch the Food Network religiously. Like more than just an hour on Sunday. Like daily. And I would always be like, man. And so if I'm like cooking and Emeril comes into my kitchen, he's like, hey, Scott, I think you should do that. I'd be like, okay, okay. I think you should put some more lime juice. Okay, okay. Right? And so because it's the awe and respect. And so I'm just going to listen to everything that he says. Now, you may have someone that you uh, are in awe and respect of. Maybe it's a, a, a football player or a famous athlete. And if they tell you, hey, I think you can improve your swing by doing this, you'll be like, okay, okay. I'll gladly submit to that advice, right? That's just a small portion, but even more of what it means to fear the Lord. We should have such an awe and respect for God, for who he is in all of his attributes, his lovingness, his, his love, his kindness, his mercy. And because of what he's done for us, we've read it in 1 Peter, has been born into a living hope. He's given us new birth, an inheritance that doesn't spoil or fade. He's given us Jesus. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He's taken us out of the kingdom of darkness and putting us into the kingdom of light of his Son. He changed our trajectory from going to hell because of our sinful passions. And he made a way for us to spend eternity with him in heaven. There's that awe and that respect. And as we grow in our knowledge of God and Jesus and his spirit through his word and through his people, that just amps up. That just turns up the heat for our obedience. But he says only to fear God. He doesn't say that for people. He doesn't say that for the emperor. He says, be in awe and respect God and God alone. And then he says, honor the emperor. The same word that is translated proper respect to everyone. He says, honor the emperor. Or in our case, honor our president. Same word. He doesn't say fear our president or love our president in the, the family type of way. He says, honor them. Giving them honor for who they are in the position that they hold. And this was huge because if you know anything about history, the emperor claimed to be a god divine. He claimed to be, they claimed divine right to rule. And he's saying, no, he's not divine. He is in authority, but he is just a human being. And we are to honor him and respect him in that regards. We're to fear God. And if you want to put this in the order, I'm, I like to see things visually. We're to fear God first and, and foremost. And that affects how we relate to him, how we submit to him gladly. Then we are to love 
the brotherhood, the body of Christ. So first and foremost, God. And then there's, there's something about the body of Christ, that our spiritual family, our local church, that is not like every, anybody else. When it comes to our love, they, they get first dibs, in a sense, compared to the rest of the world, not, including, not excluding your family. And then we are to honor all people and then honor our present. That is the Scott updated translation version, making the application for us. And this is the order that we are to do that in. And when these get out of whack, we get out of whack. When we love uh, the body of Christ or love something above fearing God, we are not, we're out of whack. When we, when we fear or honor people above fearing God, we're out of whack. And so if we're going to live differently, if we're going to abstain from all kinds of sinful desires, we have to fear God and submit to him and live the reality that we are his slaves, that we are his redeemed slaves. He is a good and gracious master, and that's going to follow in the rest of 1 Peter, that, that we, we, everything else is under doing that. The greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and mind, our strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves. So when we do that, that helps us to do everything else. When this is going well, these are going to go well. Fearing God, submitting to him, seeing him in awe, doing what he says helps us do the rest of these things. Love the body of Christ. When we love the body of Christ, Jesus says again, they will know that you are my disciples. They will know that you follow me when they see your love for one another, the body of Christ. That when the watching world looks at you and says, wow, you really love those people. You spend all kinds of time with them. You eat with them. You, 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 you live your life with them. They see that and know that you are God's disciples. And then when we honor all people, when we honor our president and our governors, we demonstrate to the world to silence ignorant talk and ultimately give people a reason to glorify God. Let, our, let what we do flow out of who we are so that the watching world can see our good deeds and glorify God. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is powerful. I just pray that as we, we submit to it, as we think about how we can honor and show respect to those in authority over us as we submit to them, Lord, I pray that you would empower us with your spirit to do that. That's what it's going to take because we can't do it in our own strength. And Lord, your word tells us that we are to submit and to honor them, but we are not to do that when they tell us to do something that is contrary to your word. So give us the discernment, help us to know your word so that we could submit from the truth. Lord, you brought us out of darkness and into light. Help us to live that light so that people would see our good works and glorify you.
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.